I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the latest edition of 100, the Ed Gordon Podcast. Today, a conversation with Cece Winans. She comes from one of the greatest musical families of all time. In the 80s, her brothers, the Winans, took gospel to another level with many of their hits crossing over to the R&B and pop charts. Cece and brother B.B. would become a duet and soon follow in their older brother's footsteps with crossover hits of their own, including Heaven, Lost Without You, Addictive Love, and a remake of the Staples Singers classic, I'll Take You There. Cece Winans has also had a great solo career and is one of the biggest-selling solo contemporary gospel artists in history. Her latest single, Never Lost, is topping the charts. Which from her new project, Believe For It, that is released. Today, in full disclosure, I've known Cece and her family since we were in our 20s. We'd all start making a name for ourselves in our hometown of Detroit. And in the mid-80s, we started to gain national attention around the same time. And that's where we started our conversation, the blessing of a long career. Cece, so good to see you. Uh, You know, uh, I laugh when I talk to your brothers because it seems as though we, well, we did all grow up together. You know, <laughs> That's right. We did. And I'm, I'm curious, I talked to your brothers about this. 
When you think about now the span of your career, I mean, BB and CC hit mid 80s and, and now we're in 2020. What do you think about when you think about the longevity that you've had? Wow. I mean, I think the first thing Ed, is just where did time go? You know, we you start out and you start doing your music and you're doing what you love and you continue to do it. And you are always um, you're always reaching. You're always trying to be better. And and time goes by and it's like, wow, people are still embracing what we do. People are still um, uh, allowing our music to be a soundtrack with their lives. And so I'm just totally grateful, totally grateful. When you think about the impact that your family has had musically on Uh the industry and on people's lives in general, I mean, you know, when I think about gospel music, I mean, we, we all have those songs that live with us, but often we turn to gospel music either in joyous occasions or somber occasions. Mm-hmm. Um, how much have you thought about what you have meant, not in an egotistical way, but in understanding right. that you've been a bridge for, for so many people for so long? Um, I, I've thought about that a lot. I've thought about that a lot. Um, and I say that because when we first started out, at, um, Bibi and I, we, I think it was around the time when we first heard our song on the radio, you know, and we're excited. And um, I started getting mail right away from young people. I was young. I was a kid myself. And one of the pieces of mail I got in my first thing was a young lady who was contemplating suicide. Mm -hmm. And she heard our music on the radio. And she said, because of that, I'm going to give life another try. You know, so that was like, that like knocked the wind out of me. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. This is, this is really heavy. You know, um, I realized the power of gospel music. And I also realized that with that platform came a lot of responsibility that people would listen and you don't know what they're going through at the time, you know? And so I took that to heart. And so I've thought about that a lot through the years and to hear what people have let us in on that our music has done for them. It's just a blessing. You know, it's just, it's, it's definitely the reason and the motivation to continue to do good news, you know, is continue to put good news along with the music. Let me ask you one other thing that I think some people would be surprised about. You know, I tease Mm -hmm. me all the time. I said, yeah, born for this is exactly you. You want yeah. nothing else but this, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but you, on the other hand, um, you actually were going to be a cosmetologist, as do hair, as we like to say. That's um, right. And so, w- what was it that finally said, "Okay, this is your calling" versus the other? Well, you know, it took a minute. It took a minute. You know, as a kid, we all grew up in church, so we had to sing, whether we wanted to sing or not. You know, I was one of those that. I would rather be in the background. I love singing, but singing in the choir was fine for me, you know. Um, But then as you continue to pray just God's perfect will to be done, you know, you end up in the right place at the right time to do what God has called you to do, you know. And so it started out just doing some background vocals. We enjoyed that. And then we got a call. Bibi and I, a lot of people don't know, we weren't planning on being a duet. That was not in our plans. We sang at, you know, Detroit. We do family concerts and, you know, that was it. 
Um, but then we got a call to go to Charlotte, North Carolina with the PTL club. We didn't know who Jim and Tammy Baker were <laughs> and uh, to audition for a group. And we did that. And she gave us that one song to sing together. Lord lift us up. It was love lift us up and we changed it to Lord lift us up. And that was it. People started calling us saying, can that color, those two color kids come to our church? <laughs> and, and we were like, we don't even have another song to sing. What are you talking about? So it just kind of, I, I like to say it just kind of happened, but God knew it was going to happen, you know? And, and that's how we got really out front to sing. And, and God just switched my heart. And I realized that it was ministry. And when I saw after we sang what it did in people's hearts, it was more than entertainment, but it was a, it was a, it was a, a heart changer, you know? I want to ask you about that. You know, it's interesting when you talk about the PTL, because I know for you in particular, um, you know, sometimes we all get in this box of what mm-hmm. we should be and what our right. should be or what our career should be. And society likes to box us in. So if it's gospel music for black folk, you only service black folk. That's right. Um, right. But your influence, uh, particularly in um, this album, I think the new one, and I'll talk to you about that in just a second. But uh-huh. I've always heard different influences in your music and not just the traditional black church influence, right. or the influence. There has to be something about you that has allowed your heart to open um, and kind of push away those societal um, restrictions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, again, I, I have to I always have to go back. When we uh, were being raised in Detroit, Michigan, um, my parents in our house, even though we loved all the music that we heard, you know, the, the, the Motown sounds and everything, but we were only allowed to listen to gospel music in our home. And we listened to everything that was Christian, gospel, you name it, it was there because we loved music. So we listened to Andre Crouch, but we also listened to um, um, so many of the Amy Grants and you name it, Rand Salas. So we had the contemporary, we had more of the Christian feel, the worship feel. We had the Shirley Caesar, we had the quartet, you name it, we had it. And so I just really fell in love with all of it. I fell in love with all the different styles and the different ways you could, you can communicate through music. Um, and, and I think you look through my career, you see, you see a little bit of all of it, you know? Um, and I just, I just think no one should be put in a box. I think in order for you to grow, in order for you to become all that God has called you to become, you, you, you can't be put in a box in order to do that. solo career has been stellar. In fact, when it comes to record sales as a solo artist, she's outsold all of her siblings. She recorded her new project, Believe For It, in the midst of the pandemic, creating a live experience album with limits on the audience size made it an interesting endeavor. So here's what's interesting about the new project. And those of us who've been fortunate enough to uh, be with you and your family, um, and in a church, not in a theater, but in a church, right. in a church, right? The livery and the difference, because there mm-hmm. is a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, 
based not only on the fact that you're in church, but the spirit that comes to a church. Mm. Um, you know, when I when I saw that the 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 title was "Believe for It" and a live worship experience. That I suspect is what you wanted to deliver to a degree. Exactly, an experience, an experience. Um, people need an experience, <laughs> you know. Um, and like you said, there is a difference when you when you have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, with the love of God, with the peace of God. It it just, it, it touches your heart, you know, and it, it will pull you through some of the roughest times that you've ever experienced. And, and I know that to be true in my own life. And, um, it's the experience that I love. I love the presence of God. I love, you know, we've been, I I thank God for, for all of the technology, technology, I can't get it out, online services, all the things that are happening, but it's nothing like, being in person and being with your brother and your sister and being with the mothers of the church and the deacons of the church, it, it, it allows the Holy Spirit to come in and we celebrate the God that we all love. And, and, it, and it just changes your life. It shifts your life. The Bible says that the garment of praise will lift the spirit of heaviness. And so going in to do this record, this live experience, my prayer was, Lord, just let us capture your presence. Let us capture what your love really feels like. Let us capture what peace really feels like. So many people, we need the peace of God. They're, they're hurting. They're broken. They've lost loved ones. Um, and so that's exactly what I wanted to, to, to put down. I wanted people to experience the spirit of God. How much of this and anything that you do um, is is a piece of giving of yourself? And I ask that because sometimes that can be difficult, particularly when you're sharing something personal. I remember being on a, a plane with Marvin when mm-hmm. he was getting ready um, to uh, release his album. And he said, Ed, I want you to hear this song. We were literally sitting together and he, mm-hmm. he let me hear you just don't want to know and then he yeah. let me hear the rest of the album right and it was it was during the time i was going through something and he and i started talking about him allowing himself to be free to share that with the world mm-hmm. and me allowing myself to accept it and not put the guard up to say well i don't need anything to help me yeah. strong mm-hmm. enough you know mm-hmm. what's it like for you when you are not only creating but sharing personal um it's 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 all about sharing really for me um because when i talk about my faith and that's what i primarily sing about is my faith it is it is the foundation upon which i stand and it's the foundation upon which i stand through every hard situation you know i remember when i lost my second oldest brother you know ronald when ronald passed and I was, you know, he passed, we did the funeral, the services, all of that. And then, you know, it was time for me to get back. It was shows that I had to do, things that were already scheduled. And uh, boy, I was like, Lord, I don't know how I'll make it through this, <laughs> you know. And it's through those times, even singing the songs that I had lined up to sing, he's concerned about you. He's going to take you through, you know, don't give up. Don't. I, I, I was ministering to myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And so many times we do, you know, I think people sometimes think, oh, you're on the stage. You're not going through anything. No, 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 no. 
that's where the songs come from. You know, the songs come out of pain, out of challenges, out of triumphs, out of it's, it's, So it's, 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 I think when I look over my career, I, I see my life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How, best did you, how best did you capture, and gospel music has done this, it started out just for financial reasons. You know, when you mm-hmm. would just record in the church, you couldn't get into a, a, a studio and like, so you just <laughs> right. the church and put the records out. Um, but how much do you believe your, the current project, um, Believe For It, was able to capture the live experience and now translate it to those who will, who will play it? You know, I, I think when I listened back to it, I was totally pleased. I felt like God was smiling. And, and what's funny about that is that it's my first live record ever. And I couldn't have people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. I say, now, Lord, I always tell people I sing for audience <laughs> of one, but I didn't mean that for the live record. <laughs> so <laughs> we uh, did it towards the end of the year. So we were able to have a few people socially mm-hmm. distanced, you know, but it was not the live record that I, mm-hmm. I envisioned. I envisioned. And so I prayed. I was like, Lord, you know what? I'm going to sing like this place is packed and I'm singing for all of heaven. I just need you to help me to capture your presence, capture the joy, the peace so that people will really be ministered to. So when when we finished the night, you know, I was just like, oh, I hope it went good, you know. And then when I listened to it, I was like, ah. I got I, when when I get up and I want to shout and dance and when I begin to praise and worship God, then I know it's it's so not about me. But we've captured the the love, the content that we needed to capture. When we return, is gospel music getting a fair shake in the music industry? And we'll explore CC's ministry and her joy of becoming a grandmother. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics, in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. 
If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. In the late 80s and early 90s, gospel music by black artists was finding a growth in popularity with a new audience outside of the church crowd. Led by artists including the Winans, Yolanda Adams, Kirk Franklin, and B.B. and Cece, of course, gospel was spreading its wings, and I and others thought it might be following on the same road country music had traveled to find broader popularity beyond their base to become a real powerhouse in the industry. While the genre is still viable, the popularity beyond its core fans didn't rise to the levels many of us thought. On an earlier podcast, I talked with Yolanda Adams about this. There are so many people who like to put you in a box, you know, and so they they put gospel music in a nice little box until something tragic happens and they want us to sing at a prayer breakfast or something like that. And so... Um, I think it's kind of designed that way because years ago, I'm talking about in the 80s, they were saying gospel music is about to do exactly what uh, country music was doing, you know. But there are uh, machines behind everything and they haven't gotten the gospel machine right. I don't know if they want to get the gospel machine right because that means that the gospel artists will be competing vocally with their artists on that other side, because there are gospel sections of every major um, conglomerate of music. 
And so, you know, I don't know if they want us to compete on that level. I'm curious how you see it. It didn't reach the heights of popularity in the mainstream as I thought it was going to. Yeah. Um, but it's still a very viable, uh, uh, yeah. you know, genre, yet um, still underserved, I think, by means of artists who want it to be a career that sustains them. There are a few that can do that, but it's yeah. still so difficult. How do you see gospel music today? Um. I think it's grown in a lot of ways and I think it's been stuck in a lot of ways. I think we're still, and I was just amazing that you asked me this because I was in a great meeting the other day and it's in need of structure. It's in need of more um, organization. You know, I think we said it earlier when we started the interview, how gospel music got started, you know, and and it wasn't really commercialized or for the rest of the world. It was just what you did on Sunday mornings. And then it just kind of evolved into being recorded and getting out there. And I think he kind of passed the structure for it, being intentional to build something. You know, I think you can look at country music right. and you can see that country music had to have a whole overhaul. And after that, it blew up. So I think we're still waiting on that in the gospel industry. And I'm excited because I think that's about to happen. You know, people are, they're seeing it for what it is, understanding what it needs, understanding that people love it all around the world, but still not having the, the stature or the, the recognition that it should have in, in all of music industry, you know? So so I, I'm excited about where it is when I see the new artists, when I see the music, when I see how people love it. But I think we're waiting on that infrastructure that that's so needed in order for it to stand the test of time. So there are a lot of talented people out here. There are a lot right. of people who sing. And then mm-hmm. there are a few that that voice captures an audience mm. and really speaks to them in a way. I think your popularity and your record sales, particularly for gospel music, have spoken to that. I know you see it as a gift, but as you've, as you've grown, mm-hmm. have you had a better understanding of what that gift is? Yeah, yeah. It is a, it's an opportunity, but also a responsibility to speak life into people's lives. You know, like you said, when people let you in, that is, um, that's a huge honor, but also a huge responsibility. And I think people have tuned in to me and they've learned to trust me and they let me in their lives. They let me in their hearts and, and they're serious about it, you know? And so yeah, I, I've seen over the years that it's, it's so much more than than the gift or the talent of singing, but the gift and the talent of having words that will actually breathe life into those who hear. You, you also, we should note, um, minister, obviously through song, but you minister. You mm-hmm. are a yeah. co-minister with your husband. Please tell hubby I said hello. I will. Um, I will. <laughs> at uh, Nashville Life Church. And, and I know you've been very um, 
instrumental in the women's ministry. Talk to me about that side of your life. Wow. It's, woo, that's <laughs> nonstop. That is nonstop. When, when the Lord put that on our hearts to do eight years ago, we were like, you gotta be kidding. At this stage, you really want us to do this. But you know what? It was all about um, the next generation. It was about my son, my daughter. They were, you know, newly out of college and they, God had, they had an encounter with God and ended up with about 45 kids at my house, totally diverse. And the church was birthed through, through them, really. And even that night when, when, we, when we knew that God wanted us to start a church, the Lord woke up my husband about four in the morning and said, your son will take over this church. It's, it's you know, so, so it's been eight years and Ed, we just installed him. Wow. Pastor Marvin is one of his uh, overseers, but we just installed him as lead pastor. So we're now the founding pastors of Nashville Life. But ministering to people from day to day is totally different from being on a stage saying, God bless y'all. See you mm-hmm. later. Mm-hmm. You know, it's walking, it's discipling, it's, take, it's, it's seeing them at the hospitals, it's, it's fighting for their marriage, it's being there for their children. And it has changed us for the better. It has changed us for the better because you really understand what serving is when you serve as a pastor. What is it like for you to deal with, I'll I'll use your son as the example, as we just suggested, um, Mm -hmm. your son now taking over the church or him producing with you uh, the the last studio album, I think it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Uh You've worked with your family your entire life, but there is something different about working with your children. Something totally different. <laughs> <laughs> in, in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, good and bad. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Lord. Um, <laughs> as a parent, you know, you you know, you you don't know everything. God knows everything. Um, but but you know a lot of things. You know who they are. You've seen them grow up, you know, what's what what they need to work on, you know, what they're great at, you know, and um, to see them grow up. And and I have a son and a daughter. My son's the oldest. And then I have a daughter. And um, to see them grow up, my prayer was, Lord, you know, fall and let them fall in love with God. Let them have a great faith and, and, and let that be their foundation. And then to see their gifts and their talents, you know it just becomes overwhelming to me mm-hmm. it be, because you really get to see, first of all, just the power of family. You see the genes. It's like, Oh my God, you're like, uncle so-and-so you like this, you like this. So it's, it's the amazement of that. But then you see just the faithfulness of God to every generation. And um, when I worked with my son in the studio, after having to humble myself to actually listen to him, um, tell me, no, mom, you need to do it this way. I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, my flesh was like, get out of my way. <laughs> but, but to hear his writing, his skills, I would come home and just weep. Mm-hmm. I would come home and weep and say, wow, God. Okay. And then you become, all right, you suppo- they're supposed to be way better than you because you want them to, to do more than you've ever done. And you begin to see that, that they are. They're so much more equipped. They're so much, I don't know. It's just amazing to see the gifts and the talents of the younger generation. But, but it's a blessing to see your kids being blessed and to work with them 
And uh, it just, it, it brings you closer together. It really does. I'm going to talk to you about what the gift your daughter gave you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm so excited. My, my daughter had her first child and it was a guy, a little son. And uh, he was born on Christmas Day. That was not the plan, but he came and she had a rough time. She had a rough time. So I spent my Christmas praying. And, you know, with with COVID, you couldn't go to the hospital. So my son-in-law, thank God, he had us, you know, on FaceTime and we were able, but we were praying her through and why it came on and they're both doing great. And I just love, I am in the club. I've been waiting a long time. You know what Marvin did when, when Wyatt got here, he said, call me because you're not officially in until we talk. I was like, what? I'm not officially in. Because he has the most grandkids. Who does that sound like but Marvin, right? <laughs> you already know. I'm like, how are you gonna tell me I'm not official? So I called him, he's like, okay, I'm gonna let you in. I'm like, oh please. But I love it. I love it. And again, I look at him, I'm just like, wow. You know, it's just something when you see your baby have a baby, it's like, oh my God, I'm a grandparent. Yeah. But I I'm so excited and I'm 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 loving it. Let me ask you one other thing. I meant to ask you this earlier. Um, mm-hmm. And again, it, you know, because I'm here in Detroit often, Marvin and I bump into one another and we have our conversations. And one of the things things that we talked about is just kind of where the world is today with social yeah. media and reality shows and kind of where mm-hmm. we are. And cancel culture we were talking about one day. Right, right. And you had to address this whole thing about the HHS controversy where you simply made a uh, public service announcement. Yes. And then it exploded into, were you supporting Trump and, you know, this kind of thing. Having now lived through that kind of thing. Right. Right. You see, because it's different when you see it from the sidelines, you know, you know, it's Mm -hmm. bothersome, but then when it hits you personally, Mm -hmm. now you know how quickly things can explode. Talk to me about what you saw with that. Wow. Well, like you said, I had did this, the interview and it was a great interview. I was so excited about the interview um, because we did address everything about the mask and why you should wear it. And what do you do with the surgeon general, you should say. Surgeon general. Yes. The surgeon general, which was an honor. I was like, oh, I'm not thinking about none of the stuff that's going on. I'm dealing with people who are dying from from COVID-19 and Marvin was sick really bad, you know, mm-hmm. thank God he got out. And then we have a diverse church where half of them don't want to wear masks and half of them not coming back to church until, <laughs> you know, this thing is over. So I was so excited and honored to be able to sit with the Surgeon General and went through the whole thing. Um, and I think it was a week later, I was singing somewhere and I came off, I finished and I looked at my phone and it was just blowing up. They were like, oh, you are in so much trouble. I'm like, what? What happened? And uh, so looking back, I had no idea it was a part of any type of plan. And uh, but but when I saw all the remarks, first of all, you, you realize, OK, clearly they don't know who I am and they don't have a clue what's going on. But at the same time, they they saw the the thing that was put out there, the headlines that was put out there that I was a part of the the, the Trump uh, campaign. And um, so I wanted to address that and just so that people would know what the truth was. Um, But at the same time, understanding the climate, I had no idea that I knew it was bad. But man, after talking to A.R. Bernard, my my wonderful friend, um, 
And he was like, look, let's let's sit down and talk. And, you know, th- this is what's going on right now. And, and, and I just out of all my years, I've never seen the climate like what we experienced during this political um, year. So give some people as we close, Cece, um, just some words, you know, what you would share as we go through a time of, you know, a pandemic. We're going to go through a time, I think, that people still don't understand the economic devastation that I think is ahead of us, unfortunately. I don't, I don't think we have, you know, weathered that storm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also is a, a, an opportunity to reset and look at your life and, you know, reevaluate and, 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 and rejigger some of the things that maybe we need to in our life. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, which which ties us back, really, what I would like to leave with people is believe for it. You know, um, a lot of our dreams have been shaken. Um, you might think they're destroyed, um, but as long as there's breath in your body, there's hope, you know. Um, and so you have to brush off those dreams. Like you said, reevaluate your life. I think a lot of times people get get stuck or can't go on because their eyes are fixed on what they lost, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's so important to take your eyes off what you lost and put your eyes on where you want to go. Um, our families look different. A lot of people lost loved ones. The people who you thought were going to be there are not there anymore. That's real. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to sit back and say, oh, okay. I'm not saying deny what you went through, but I'm telling you, you got to look forward. You got to begin to believe and hope for those things that you still desire. And God, the word of God is just, it's just my foundation. It is just the thing that's going to pull us through. The Bible says in Romans that all things work together for our good. Now, I don't know how God does it. I just don't know. And we can look at this last year and even through the pandemic, like you said, people got creative. Things came out of it. Good things came out of it, you know, in the worst of times. And so when you look through scripture, you see how God performs miracle after miracle in the roughest times. So I want people to believe again. I want them to believe for unity, even with all the, the division that we've seen in this country. We got to keep believing that we're going to be one. And we got to keep working towards that because that is the only way things are going to get better. So I want people to know that things will get better. Like you said, do we still have challenges ahead? Yes. Are there still uncertainties? Yes. But we serve a God that nothing takes him by surprise. He knows the end from the beginning. So you got to breathe. you got to reevaluate. And then you got to look forward and believe. Well, if you need a little help in believing, believe for it is a new project. Uh, yeah. a, uh, a live worship experience from the wonderful CC Wine. And sometimes it always helps to get a little push musically. So that is there. Congratulations yeah. to you, Grandma. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it is so great to see you, young lady. As it's always. good to see you too. You are such a blessing. And thank you. You've been so kind to me and my whole family down through the years. Uh, we, we, I guess we're grown now, huh? I, I, I guess so. But, you know, our mamas <laughs> used to go to the same hairdresser and, and we got that. That's uh, right. That great That's thing. And so we just going to keep it going until they throw us out. That'll work. That'll work. Thank I love you, you so much. Love you too. Again, CC Winans' new project, Believe For It, is available now wherever you buy your music. 
100 is produced by Ed Gordon Media and distributed by iHeartMedia. Carol Johnson Green and Cherie Weldon are our bookers. Our editor is Lance Patton. Gerald Albright composed and performed our theme. Please join me on Twitter and Instagram at Ed L. Gordon and on Facebook at Ed Gordon Media. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.